you please both pronounce your names correctly for me? My name is Christina Vessel. My name is Jarlo Strömoden, a jawbreaker. <laughs> and we're here to talk about a a an event that's going to be going on, an exhibition. So mm. b- give me a little bit of background and, of course, the listeners, a little bit of background on what this is, how it came about, all this kind of stuff. So how did this happen? <laughs> yes. I'm working in a place called the Kulturbureau Museum, and we were in a dialogue with the Ekbos Legat, and they are turning 100 years n- next and the, year. And who is Ekbos Legat? Yes. Did I pronounce it, it correctly? Uh, nearly that. You're nearly okay. there. All right. I hopeful we, we get there during this podcast. But anyway, uh, they uh, they are turning hundred year. They have an anniversary in 2023, and uh, wanted to do activities that kind of was uh, anniversary like and make an uh, you know visibility and uh, had uh, something uh, impact in the art field. So we suggested that they should do exhibition, an anniversary exhibition, and to give out a grant to an artist as part of this. And they really liked the idea. So there we started. So in a collaboration with the ECBO, we approached Vigeland Museum. We, uh, we thought that this venue is very interesting, both thinking about the historic in uh, they have had a history together from the start and I think that is important and the venue is really interesting for exhibiting art I have not seen it yet but I will try to see it before I leave you must actually so that was the starting point for this project and uh, when we approached Jarlestrømodden and the Vigeland Museum They were really meeting us with great interest, and uh, here we are. There seems to have been a relationship between these two organizations, or or I guess venue and organization over time. So like, what what has that relationship been? It's more a relation between the uh, foundation, the ECBO, uh, back in the days, uh, the the founder of the foundation, and Gustav Wigland as the artist, because... The monolith in the Vigland Park, which Gustav Vigland, not by his own hands, made, but as part of his uh, artistic project. That monolith in granite was acquired from a quarry owned by the Ekbos. So there is the link. And that goes about 100 years back. Apart from that, the Vigland Museum, which is dedicated to the art of Gustav Vigland, and he was a contemporary of Edvard Munch, they weren't close friends, but I mean, they were acquaintances with a mutual respect. And the, this venue, this museum, as we know today, it was built for Gustav Wiglund in the 1920s. The agreement he made with the city of Oslo at that time was that it was going to be a studio for him. And after his death, it was going to be a museum um, containing his art and nothing else but his art. <laughs> um, over the years, it, it opened to the public in 1947 on probation, so to speak, and, and finally in 1950. So it has been an, a museum open to the public since uh, July 1950. I've been director for about 17 years. And we are dedicated to the field of sculpture and uh, installation art. And we deal very much with contemporary artists. 
And that is basically why we were approached by Messian. We, we know each other, but we, I think, uh, in all modesty, that we are possibly the most interesting site for sculpture and installation art in Oslo, that is. And, and, and as a sculpture museum, we are dedicated because there will be other sites in Oslo where you can see photography and paintings and so But I think we have a very good starting point for this exhibition. All right. So let's go back a little bit on it. So the this foundation, whose name I cannot pronounce correctly, so I'm just going to like... I'm just going to skip over it. I'm so bad. You there will be no subtitles now. Oh, yeah. gosh. Anyways... This foundation yeah. was created. So what, what, what's the foundation? Yes. The foundation started at Avin Ekbo's 50th birthday. So that was in, in 1923. He had a lot of uh, money and he was kind of an, a remarkable person because he had an interest in uh, biodynamic agriculture. And he was a patron of an artist called Ellison. So he, he had a lot of interest. So it, th this foundation has 10 aims. Among them, uh, one of them are art. So it's kind of a broad uh, foundation. So uh, that's the starting point of this person. Right. And so they approached, I'm not sure either or both of you, but let's say they are now currently working with both of you at this point. Yeah. And so the, the intention at this point is to do a, a, an exhibition. When is the exhibition, first of all? It's in uh, May 2023. All right. So but, still in the planning stages. Yes. But we have had an open call for young artists. Which We're, was going to be my next question. Yes. Yeah. We had an open call and we received uh, 109 really good focused proposals. And we have had the jury uh, working with the selecting four projects. From this. this. Okay, so the entire exhibition will be four artists. What I'm assuming probably something to the effect of like each artist gets a room, maybe four rooms. Oh, oh, let me correct you. It's four projects and five artists because we open for collaboration. Right. Okay, so there could be a duo or anything. Exactly. Like that so it's four projects and five artists. So it's already been decided. That's decided. And they have got a working grant now to work with this exhibition. They have one year to, to kind of work with this. Okay, I want to know more about this because this is like totally foreign to me as an American. So the idea, so you, so there is an exhibition that you are planning. You have it, basically this foundation has now f grant funding, yeah. let's call it this project to yeah. be produced over the course of the next year for the exhibition. I love that. I mean, is this a, is this a, because I know here in the region, you all do like 50%, 100% work time kind of thing. Yeah. Like, so is this a hundred percent budget? Like, like are these artists basically supported for a year in every part of their, or just sort of enough to cover their project? What we cover now is they get uh, in Norwegian money, 75,000 kronos each to do the production. 7,500 uh, US dollar. So they do have this and they have the space and they have uh, the space in uh, Vigeland. They're given studio space as well? No, no. Um, they, they have their own studios. 
Okay. Uh, so this uh, sort of this funding from the ECPO Foundation is a, a starting point. They will, uh, I, I assume, they will apply from other sources as well as the cultural fund uh, here in Norway. We, they have been at the museum. They they know what space they have available. So the, there are two of the projects will have their own room, whereas the two other projects uh, smaller. They will share a room which is some. Uh, 200 square meters, uh, so it's quite big. So they they should not interfere with each other. No. Okay, I'm just like the the fact that you all are just like saying like, oh well, they've gotten this award. The no, uh, this exhibition. no, no, they haven't got an award. They are nominated. That's the thing. And during the exhibition, one of the four projects will be selected to give a grant of. 200,000 Norwegian kroner, which is 20,000 US dollar. Oh my gosh. Okay. This just gets better and better as we yeah. go along. So yeah. let, me, let me get this straight. So there was an open call for emerging artists. They submitted, they basically, it's sort of like down to like, we'll call it like semi-finalists basically, who then get to produce, like actively produce the thing to put on exhibition for the potential of winning even more prestige and money. Exactly. Oh my yeah. God, I love you guys so much. Like Norway is so good at this. Oh. If I may say something, it, it's, we have been inspired by another prize in Norway. Wait, wait. I also want to say though, yeah. on the side of it, because, okay, so they get 7,500 euros to produce the work and they can apply for other grants yeah. to help with the support yeah. of that. And they then have the potential of winning even more money and getting more, like seriously. The world needs to follow your guidance, but go on. Yes. Oh, well, uh, they, I mean, the, the additional fund is they have to apply for it. It's not given. So, uh, and I have to give some additional information because okay. it was an open call, but we were targeting people that are under 40 years in 2023. <sighs> You obviously haven't listened to my podcast because that's like the bane. I, I had this year, when I turned 40, the year I turned 40, yeah. I suddenly was like, oh, applications, grants, residencies, fabulous. And every single one of them said you had to be 39 or younger. <laughs> okay. But it's not kind that's of... It's kind of ageist. Yes. You can say that, but I don't agree because in Norway, it, the big grants usually go to the older people. Old white men. Yeah. Got it. So... Uh, and the other thing is that we were targeting, we wanted to work with sculpture, three-dimensional art, because that is really interesting to, to have exhibition with the contemporary artists in Vigelandsmuseet. And also we find that that was also a focus and a needed lifting up this part of the art world. In a way. One of the things I always wonder about as an artist and also as a professor who encourages yeah. students to apply for these kinds of things is like, so what, what were the criteria? So I did not read the open call myself, but like, I'm sure there were some things that were spelled out very clearly, but then when it actually comes in, some people miss the mark completely. Some people are like so perfect that you're like, oh my God, it's like you read our minds. So like, what were some of the criteria that you all discussed when deciding sort of who you thought had? Because it sounds like it's sort of like you were almost awarding this first award as a, we see potential. Mm. 
And we want to see what now you can produce, given a little bit of time, space, and money to then you know make this thing for this final presentation. Does that sound about right? Yes, I think you are sort of approaching it absolutely. And you never know, you know that that that's the whole thing. You have an open call, and the best thing about it is, is that, uh, well, if I speak for myself, it's you are hoping for something that you didn't expect. And that's what happened, basically. And even though I, as part of the jury, will be selecting one of those four projects for the final prize, I mean, even today, and I think at the opening day, I have not the foggiest about who I will select because these four projects, they are each and everyone so good and they are sort of equally good in their own way. But when, when, when we received those applications, we, of course, we did look at them and see how, are, I mean, is it, is it really possible to make them see the light of day? Because there were, there were people working with fungus, for instance, uh, which is... Sorry, did you say fungus? Yes. Okay. I do. I've <laughs> seen more artworks made no, with no, fungus. But, 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 yeah. you know, but uh, that takes but time. It takes time and it's, uh, it's alive. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's sensitive. It's within the environment and it's, uh, it does require some, some things. Uh, and, and we are, and our conservators are very... I was going to say it requires moisture, which museums <laughs> don't like. No, water, uh, particularly in this building, which is uh, listed. And uh, we, we have to be, we, we are slightly conservative, uh, I must admit. But, but, but then again, it's for, it's for the better of it all. But I think all these four projects that we ended up with, they can be done. They are uh, demanding work-wise and they are also challenging for us as art historians uh, and they will be challenging for the public in a good way i think but what do i know well hopefully you know more than us you're a part of the jury <laughs> i know <laughs> when we started off the jury work we had some favorites but i don't think any of the five jury members really ended where we thought we would end and that was really interesting you shouldn't admit that you had favorites going into a jurying process. <laughs> no, but uh, but it made some good uh, discussions. Mm. It is interesting because, I mean, there's always a little bit of natural bias, yeah. like when you're on a jury in a small community. I mean, art, you know, the art yeah. scene here and also everybody knows everybody or you're at least aware of everybody. And so it's kind of hard to like see somebody absolutely new that you have no pre-existing relationship with. So... It, it's got to be a little hard, you know, bigger cities or more international things. That's totally different. But actually, that's a question I didn't ask. Is it an international opportunity or was it just for Norwegians or Scandinavians or anything? It was for either artists from Norway or artists working in Norway. Right, which is an interesting criteria. I've noticed a lot yeah. with a lot of grants and different uh, opportunities, which is basically because like a Norwegian artist living elsewhere can apply or an artist from a foreign country who is residing and or like even just working at a residency or just, you know, in Norway can also apply for yeah, a lot of these things, true. which is really great. I like that. And for project, we decided to nominate two of the artists are not Norwegian. Mm. Shocking. Now is one Chinese and, and one American. Really? Mm. Yeah. So Oddly enough, the Chinese is the one that surprises me. Yeah. Do you want to know the names? 
Absolutely. I will a link to them in the show notes. Yes, you should. The four nominees are uh, Andrea Schulze. She's a Norwegian artist. Linda Wang. She's from China. Uh, and it's Eina Grinde, which is a Norwegian artist. And then we have this duo, the Eleanor Aurora Oscar and Sane Armstrong. So... And to your question, the answer is, it's kind of uh, both Norwegian and international. It's marvelous. Yeah. I, I'm sort of laughing under my breath here. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's really, it's it's just great to hear because the, there are not a lot of opportunities that I hear about that are sort of inclusive in a lot of countries. A lot of countries like often do, especially even when it's like private funded, you know, because this is not government funded, this isn't a private institution, like the fact that they're including, you know, basically anybody from the world, as long as they have a tie, let's say, to Norway, then it's enough. And I think that's great. But I want to go back a step also. I keep wanting to like go back because like, as you keep telling me more, I'm like, wait, I don't understand this previous thing. So the foundation came to approached you. Yes, that's true. Okay. And they approached you with what? They, they basically said, we, they're coming up on their 100-year anniversary, and they said that, hey, we want to do something to be, which the term you used was impactful in yeah. the art, contemporary arts, which I think is a great approach, and I wish more people would do it. But so what was the conversation about at that point? So like, I mean, what are some other ideas that you came up with to be impactful? No, uh, they are already doing impactful uh, collaboration with the new uh, National Museum that opened just this week as we talk. They have this collaboration there with an exhibition of Torvald Hellesen that uh, the Ekpo Foundation, Ekpo Legat, has been a patron and has a big uh, collection of uh, artwork from this artist. So that's the one thing. And they also published books, both of their own uh, history, legacy, and uh, about this artist, Tova Hellison. So it's kind of, uh, they've done a lot of big uh, initiative. And two years ago, they also launched, uh, founded, established uh, online uh, art critic site called Kunstavisen. So they're running this editorial critical uh, uh, net site that really are onto what's happening in the art world, both in Norway and internationally. Okay. So that is kind of big. They, they, they do this big uh, initiative in addition to uh, funding smaller. Uh, you can apply for funding. No, so then why, so I guess, okay, let me think about how to explain this. So why, if you had, if you were given this opportunity from this uh, foundation mm. to fund a project that could do more or less anything, what made you sort of then approach the museum and just sort of go down the path of, of sculpture? Is, is The reason why I'm asking, and it's not a, any sort of judgment, it's more of a idiot's outside perspective of, is sculpture something that it ha needs more assistance? Is this, or is it a, a, something that's very well established and so therefore it's sort of easier to work with kind of thing? Like, is there a reason for that specific collaboration? Shall I answer that? Um, <laughs> well, from my point of view, from the Vigla Museum's point of view, it's uh, quite 
sort of obvious that we work with uh, sculpture and um, uh, installation art as the museum is dedicated to that. Whether sculpture or installation art needs some sort of assistance, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe not. Because that question requires maybe some more time because it, the answer to it, again, from my point of view, is vast in the sense that I believe that many artists today in the late 30s, 40s maybe, they are so diverse in the sense that they can work with graphic works, photography, video, sound, and more installation and even classical sculpture. So they seem to work so effortlessly within so many different fields of expression. If you go one, maybe two generations back, you would see that a sculptor, he or she was working as a sculptor. End of that. Stone or metal. Yeah. Or if, you, if you were a painter, you, you painted. Or, and Oil you painted. Yes, and graphics, uh, which was your sort of bread and butter. Uh, and, but I believe, I, I have a lot of examples of artists in Norway, I mean, as a starting point, that seem to be so familiar with the, all those expressions. But, but so back to your questions. No, I don't think that the installation or sculpture needs some sort of uh, help or assistance from us. But I believe that it's interesting that we, I mean, the foundation, the Messe and, and the Wigner Museum will, well, to be bold, take a stand <laughs> and have a, an exhibition, an anniversary exhibition on behalf of the ECBO Foundation dedicated to these uh, artistic expressions. Well, and I guess just as a question then, so you brought up like classical techniques versus sort of, we'll call it a little bit more contemporary techniques. Mm. So the submissions, were there more classical techniques and or more contemporary techniques? And then when it came to the final jurying process, what did, were your uh, sort of summations of it that you ended up choosing? Were they, again, more contemporary or classical techniques? The main discussion in the jury was focused on the project. The concept. The concept. You see into the project that they are so diverse in their expression, so it's not a, any kind of a classic biased jury worker. And that was the turning point to kind of that the jury was deciding and everybody was really agreeing on this is when we in the end said it's all about the project, the concept. So that's an answer to your question, maybe. I don't know. Do you agree, Yala? I do agree, yes. Yeah. And back to your question about the classical arts uh, of today. Uh, I, I don't, like, when I say classical, I picture like Greco-Roman stuff. So like, I don't mean classical. I mean, I guess the term would be like traditional mediums. I mean, I, I, I think I, I was not taking you in the wrong in the wrong way. Okay, yeah, not intended at least. No, um, but the thing is that there are very few artists in Norway, at least. I mean, regardless of sex, that work within the field of classical art. So the figurative style within sculpture, and at least artists younger than forty or in the thirties or even in the early forties, they are more or less non-existent. Uh, so we have, we have uh, some uh, turning 50, at least two, uh, that are 
I would say, outstanding. But so it's, for some reason, the uh, the idea of working within the classical field of sculpture is it's not in <laughs> within the Norwegian art field anymore, which is a shame, I think. It's not specific to Norway. I've seen this this trend sort mm. of throughout the world, like the like figurative art. What no matter what medium is, of course, sort of out of favor now. Let's say, and again, it's just like any other subject or medium. It'll come back into favor in another ten, twenty years. So it's sort of sad for me because I'm a figurative artist <laughs> and, and I'm currently well out of favor and coincidentally about fifty years old. <laughs> so I guess there I guess there's a correlation there that I, I was unaware of until just now. But so when it comes to this entire endeavor, so you've got the the project and it's already started. So at this moment, the artists are actively working on producing the works for this final exhibition, which will be in 2023. So you had a jury that selected nominees. And then from the nominees, when it comes to the final thing, who's the, who ends up making that decision? Same jury, different jury? Same jury. Yeah, they're all nodding their heads, but you can't hear that. So, yeah. Same jury. <laughs> okay. The but so I mean it, is is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because like in some ways I would think like the the foundation might want to have a little bit more input kind of thing on it, but there's I guess they're sort of sit, trusting the the jury is is uh, professional and and qualified in making their decision process, which is greatly appreciated by the way. So any funders out there trust your art professionals; they're very good at what they do. But so what will be the different criteria? So like because basically, so you blindly sort of got things being submitted to you as the open call now you're going to have a year of i'm assuming sort of working a little bit with uh, now are you going to be like working with them in some sort of mentoring way to guide them through the process of this year or is it just here's your money go make your thing bring it in for the exhibition it's basically the the last thing you said because we have selected the artists they have been on site so they know what to do based on their sketches uh, they know this uh, space so that if anything, they will maybe approach the museum and ask, can I do this? Can I do that? There will be some s small major alterations. We never know. But no, we will not be tutors, in lack of a better word, on the way. I think we just uh, sit back and wait. <laughs> no, and, and they will be there for, for the mountain period, of course. But if I may just add something, speaking of the jury and the well, selecting from the shortlist. Um, well, I'd even be interested to go back to say, how did you select your jury? Yeah, ah, that was a long process. But go ahead and say what you were no, going to say, no, but then we can go back to that. <laughs> Let's go back to the jury first and then. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one of the things about this podcast is basically like I... I'm so tired of being the artist. So like I'm on that side of the art world and there are all these mysterious things that happen behind mm. the scenes that I never get the opportunity to go like, how did you or why did you X, Y, Z kind of thing. And so the opportunity to be able to sit here and be like, so how did you even choose who would be on your jury is fascinating to me. Mm. I can start if I may. And uh, well, obviously Christine and I sat down and we, we found out we need the jury. We, we we discussed options. I mean, we discussed... It's not necessary. You could have had a single judge. Yeah. So, like, even that discussion of, like, one person could have been a judge, quote-unquote, mm. but for, versus having a panel jury kind of thing, that's even a discussion, too. Well, it, it is. It is. But 
There was no discussion other than that who would we like to have in this year, who would we like to work with, to discuss with. There was some back and forth because at the moment I am in a committee for the Art Council and I know the, the importance of the discussions when you need to select uh, from the application. And you, one other important thing is that you need the mutual respect between uh, say the, the board members. There should be some sort of disagreement. Disagreeing or agreeing or respect, everything boils down to mutuality, I believe. And I did have some names, and particularly one, uh, Asar Al-Sharif, uh, who's a member of the jury. She lives in Bergen, an artist, and I have been working with her. Uh, so I, I knew that we, we, we're, not sort of, we're not totally agreeing with each other. I mean, it's not scratching each other's back. But I, I, I know from her way of thinking, her way of argumenting is that she would be a, uh, a very good force for this jury. And Christina approached her and she said, yes. I think we, we ended up with members of the jury that are, well, diverse. But then again, this mutuality, which I may be overdoing it now, but still, it is the core of any good jury. Hmm. Well, just as a, a statistical thing, were they all Norwegian? Maybe even genders, maybe like sort of any sort of historic background. Like, what are some of the other sort of mm. characteristics you tried yeah. to? I would round maybe out? go go back to talk about setting up a jury because I've been working in the art field for over twenty years uh, as an independent curator producer. Uh, really. Uh, My prayers go out to you. That's uh, not an easy living. No, and I have a lot of respect for artists and how it feels to be selected and not selected. So it's a kind of respect that feeling and respect the importance to have uh, thought through really carefully how you do your work when you select. So we had this process was maybe for me the, the most important and the longest process of setting off this whole Jubilee exhibition grant thing because... Jubilee, is that what it is? It's a hundred years is a Jubilee, jubilee right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a so, great, very formal, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yes. So it's kind of, it's, I think it's so important. So it, uh, for me, it was like, we have to have artists in the jury. And actually we should have one of the artists I would be really, really happy to get an application from. That in, in, it's in the target group because he or she, or they understand the, the yeah, they, they really I would. It's a little conflict of interest is somebody that, that you exactly, want to but we, submit exactly, is yeah, on the jury. Yeah, but that's what, was what we did actually, because Ahmed Umar, who is a Norwegian-Sudanese artist, he, he's really, really made his mark in both Norwegian and internationally as an artist uh, working with three-dimensional art. He's young, he has really political work. He is so interesting in so many ways. So he would actually be, in my opinion, the perfect uh, applicant or, or a nominee for this prize. So, so we had a, lot, lot, uh, a big discussion. Should we ask him? Right, because you want him to actually 
participate and apply. Yeah. But on the other hand, he would also be a great juror. Yeah. That's a tough battle. So we decided to ask him. So say, we know that this is perfect for you, but even though, would you consider it? And he said, yes. So that was also very important because uh, to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jali, he is an institutional leader. Uh, so he's kind of an, uh, on that side. I am a, a freelance kind of curator, producer. So, so we are like the selectors, so it's important to have two artists. So we had Asar, uh, Al-Sharif and Ahmed Umar. And then we needed the art critic. And that is the fifth member of this jury. So we tried to, it was really intensive job to balance this jury with the different uh, perspective from the art field. So in my opinion, but I'm biased, uh, this... Obviously, but uh, we're all biased. Uh, uh, Go on. <laughs> in my opinion, the, I think we uh, did a thorough job, and we also talked to artist organization about this project, how to select and how to work with it, because yes, it is so important. Power, it's power. It's important. Mm. You have to be careful when you do your selection. Mm. Well, uh, but just as a, as a thing, because the topic has come up time and time again, a, a gender split on the jury was, it sounds like I heard, I think, two women, three men. No, two men, two, two men, men three and uh, three women. And right. the 50-50 the share of uh, straight and queer among the men. And, uh, and I don't know the straight queer on the women. <laughs> I think, no, the, the women are all straight. Yeah. Mm. And we have a geography. Uh, Asad Al Sharif. She is from. She's living in Bergen. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was way too much information. Yeah. But okay. No, but in all fairness, I think we have uh, taken care of uh, most of the aspects. I mean, there is a limited number of uh, the members of the jury, and we cannot possibly cover everything. But, but the interesting thing, as we have, we were in touch with the artist organization beforehand. Uh, so there has been no criticism from, from that side. And I believe there's been no comments on the jury either. So either we have been sort of spot on or the other way around. <laughs> I don't We're know. totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like like a lot of, you know, the other side of it, again, the sort of the artists are, are very critical of like the choices that are made, like whether it's like, oh, why is that person on the jury? Or why did they choose this horrible artist? Like, oh my God, the amount of trolls on the internet and, and stuff talking about how things are done wrong. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, this happened pre-internet too, but we would just do it at a coffee shop or at a yeah. bar. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, so many people complaining about the way the system works, mostly was because, as far as I'm concerned, was because we didn't understand the choices that were made and why. So to me, this opportunity to talk is to be able to like sort of explain a little bit of that so that we all can be a little bit more informed and not complain quite so much because we're like, oh, okay, I understand why that decision was made, mm. which unfortunately didn't happen when I was young <laughs> and I was bitter. But I have to comment on that because actually the critic we have got is by, uh, you know, the the people who are uh, kind of think it's an age system, just like you were discussing. So right back at you. <laughs> but it's so, I think, in Norwegian, in, in the Norwegian field, it's, it's so easy to uh, kind of uh, stand for that position. 
Okay, just to be clear, I am not believing anybody is ageist, but there is a, a there is an interesting conversation about that, about like the the difference between like emerging artist mm. and age, mm. because like uh, I'll give you a, a, a perfect example is like my father, mm. he was a minister, priest, I don't know what you all call it here, reverend, all his life until he was sixty five. When he turned sixty five, he retired, and then he started making art. So you could call him an emerging artist mm. at 65. Mm. So like, why is there a cutoff of an age when an emer to me, and my definition of emerging artist is sort of what I say is like in the field for less than 10 years. So regardless of age. That's an interesting perspective. I'll keep that in mind until next time. Well, but uh, well, no, because then you can just turn around, and just not use the term emerging artist, and, and just say like, okay, it's just for young artists. <laughs> no, but uh, I might add something to that because in that uh, committee I'm working with for the for the Arts Council, there is artists, uh, not necessarily young or emerging artists, but artists that are within a, a life period to establish themselves as artists, and that is, they can apply for that sum of money uh, or that whatever up until five years after they graduated so say if your father took uh, to art school at the age of 65 graduated say three years later and at the age of 68 he could sort of uh, within five years he can apply for uh, support as a sort of founding artist well oddly enough he actually did go to art school 50 years ago <laughs> he did. Yeah, his yeah. undergraduate yeah. is yeah. in art, and then his master's and his PhD is yeah. in theology. Yeah. So, 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 so this, 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 uh, this is that. I mean, regardless of your age, you can apply uh, for support on that. And in just one last thing, speaking of age, for the autumn exhibition here in Oslo, there is a uh, a prize given to uh, a debutant. I mean, an artist exhibiting for the first time at this autumn exhibition. And some five or six years ago, that was given to a woman artist called Heidi Kennedy Scherve. She was a debutante at the modest age of 60-ish. And I very much like that because, yes, this is the first time she is actually exhibiting on this exhibition. So, yes, she is a debutante. I know, but that, that, that's a horrible sexist, ageist-ish thing that, that is um, sadly too common in the arts, which is that women artists often aren't sort of appreciated until much later in their lives as a broad stroke. Yes, and I would narrow that <laughs> in the sense that I'm not sure that she ever applied for a place in that exhibition before that. It's so, true. The so, artist so, has to put in some effort yes, too. Yes, you have to apply for it. And yeah. the, the other thing is that the autumn exhibition is open to all. You don't need a graduation from an art school. You can actually be an amateur in every sense of the word. You can apply. And if the jury finds this is interesting, you're on the wall or on the floor, depending on what. All right. So the, the, there are two things that I wanted to know, sort of finishing this up here. So the this exhibition that's going to be coming up, so it's still sort of in the works and still sort of, you know, things are kind of nebulous. You have a hope and a prayer of what you think these be, these these nominees are going to end up coming up with as far as their final projects. But, you know, things can go wrong or differently or whatever. Things, things happen. Mm. 
so the idea was like, what's the intention? So like, okay, I'm not going to ask you about the artistic intention of the nominees kind of thing, but what's the intention of the outcome? So is this going to be a annual thing? So that I know it's a Jubilee sort of hundredth anniversary thing, but will this be continued? Is the the hope to create sort of an ongoing prize? Is this a, a or is this sort of one time thing? It's undecided, but we hope for it to be an event that will happen again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, this is a one-off. That that's the starting point, and we work from that. My personal view, and I, we have been discussing it. Uh, we hope the contribution from the artists, the projects that will see the light of day. We hope that they will be so good. I'm pretty sure they will be, but they will be so good that they can convince the ECBO Foundation that this was too good an idea for being a one-off. So if, so it, it will not be an annual thing because it's too, too complex. It, it demands too much, but a biennial thing, definitely. And not necessarily for the unforeseen future, but say, let's do it three more times. I mean, just to give you a, a figure. It's, so, but basically a one-off, but hopefully something that will be something shooting off, yes. Well, just and just for clarification to this grand prize that they win, is that is that a purchase award or is that just an award? It's just an award. Okay, so mm. they still then have that artwork that they can still sell as well. Oh yes, mm. lovely. Yeah, I don't know. It's some somewhat nice, but it also, it's also nice to get works into a collection as well. Uh, well, uh, the Vigla Museum, we have our own collection, so we, we don't acquire anything. Whether or not ECBO will put it into their collection, I have no idea. Yeah, that uh, was my cunning yeah. thing that I was trying to imply. So that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. They may fall in love with it. Who knows? So any last little things you want to be sure to state about this event? No, I... no not at the moment, but I, I suspect you will come back. When the winner is uh, awarded. Indeed. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to The Complete Conversation. We would appreciate it if you would share the podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, studio mates, anyone with an interest in the arts and creative endeavors. The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community is at the core of our mission for this podcast. They can listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014, the audio was edited by Cush Audio Services, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. The Wise Fool Art Podcast is supported in part by an EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway in an effort to work together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic, and Kunst Centrene in Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website, wisefoolpod.com.